And welcome, I am Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business. I wanna welcome you to this episode. Now, this is the second of a seven-part series on the theological context of business ownership. Today's topic is going to be the Divine Council. This seven-part series is really a summary of the first chapter in my book, A Christian Theology of Business Ownership. I encourage you to go out to BibleAndBusiness.com and download the slides for this uh, video or this podcast if you uh, are meeting with other people, such as other business owners, or maybe running a Sunday school class, something like that. But also out of Bible and Business, you can find articles and tools. Uh, you can learn about online Christian business owner events that you can attend, which I run free of charge. And you can also participate in our surveys if you'd like. And for today's episode, I would very much like to thank Dr. Michael Heiser for his work. I learned about the Divine Council from him at his uh, site, The Naked Bible Podcast, and by reading his books. I highly encourage you to consume his uh, podcasts as well as his books. For this presentation, I want you to know that I'm standing on the shoulders of Dr. Michael Heiser. So here's the core idea for today's lesson, and that is this, that God has a council of divine beings who carry out his decisions. Now let's take a look at some of the scripture verses that relate to this. First of all, Psalm 89, verses 5 through 7. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord, a God greatly to be feared in the council of the holy ones, and an awesome above all who are around him? What do we see here in this verse? Is that God is incomparable compared to the other holy ones, and that there is a council of these holy beings that are around God, and yet God is incomparable. Let's also read Psalm 82, verse 1, and then verses 6 and 7. God has taken his place in the divine council. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. I said, you are God's son of the Most High. All of you, nevertheless, like men, you shall perish and die and fall like any prince. So who are these beings, these members of the divine council? Well, they are described as sons of God in, in the book of Job, and they were with him when he created the world. In his counsel, they are decision makers, and a good example of that is in 1 Kings 22, verses 13 through 28. They participate in God's rule. Now look, they are not angels. They are above the angels, and they are divine beings that are created by God. And they form his counsel, and they carry out his directives, and his decisions. Here's a quote from Dr. Michael Heiser. It's important to note that while God works with his counsel, he is alone in his attributes and sovereignty. I'm going to stop right there. You remember that I just said that God is incomparable. He is far above the others, right? Dr. Michael Heiser is talking about that here. Now I'm resuming with this quote. He is above these council members in every way. Consider Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 35 and 39. 
To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord is God. There is no other besides him. Know therefore today and lay it on your heart that the Lord is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. There is no other. God is so completely other that he is incomprehensible to us unless he makes accommodations for us as he discloses himself to us, such as becoming a man who walked on this earth. Even though God rules through his divine counsel, he is clearly incomparable and far above any spiritual being which he created in his counsel. I would encourage you at this point, if you're at all skeptical about God's divine counsel, that you take a break from this video and go over to the Naked Bible podcast and go to the section called Now Start Here and look at the two videos that Dr. Heiser has there and then come back and let's finish. But with the counsel, there was, there was a point in time when a man became so sinful after the flood this is, I'm really in Genesis 11 right now. After the flood, man became so sinful that God just decided to give up all these nations. He decided to divide them based on language, to give them up, and then in chapter 12, to take Abraham and, build, and begin to build his own people, his own nation, through a person who was still faithful to him, and that was Abraham. So in this case, when the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, by that what I mean is that when God came along and at the Tower of Babel dispersed the people across the earth based on their languages, they really became independent nations. And he gave those nations their inheritance, so to speak. And he divided mankind and he fixed the borders of the people according to the number of the sons of God. So the sons of God, remember, are the divine council members. And so God came along and he fixed the borders of those people according to the numbers of the sons of God. In other words, he gave each council member a people. And each council member was given a people to reign, which is why... By the way, you might wonder why there's so many nations that hated Israel, because Israel were God's people, and the nations belonged to the other council members, some of whom, quite frankly, had rebelled against God at this point in Genesis 11, and they no longer, uh, they no longer uh, sought the face of God, or, or they were still obedient to him because they have to be, but they were evil in their hearts. And this is, this, is a really, this is a real quandary, and we see this back in 1 Kings, where God is saying to his council, you know, Ahab's got to go. Ahab's got to die. And it isn't a question of whether Ahab is going to die or not. The only question is, how is he going to die? And so you have these different spirits that come up, and they, and they say to God, well, I can do this or I can do that. But the one spirit says, you know what, I'm going to go out and be a deceiving spirit in the mouths of his advisors, and Ahab will believe him. And then that way we'll be able to kill him. God says, great idea, go do it, right? So it's, it's clear in the Old Testament that God can work through evil spirits as well as holy spirits, right? And so uh, some, of the, some of the nations have been given over to evil spirits who are still members of God's council. Now, how that all works, I can't explain. But what I can say is that the Bible teaches these things. And I would say uh, that it's better to accept the Bible for how it is than try to explain parts of it away. 
So God divides the nations. He, he divides them based on language at the Tower of Babel, and he confuses their language. And that's why in chapter 12, we see that God calls Abraham to be the father of his own people. And through that, um, later on, Jesus Christ comes through the lineage of Abraham and saves us all from our sin if we simply believe in him, right? And so through Christ's atonement, anyone who accepts Christ enters the family of God. In the Old Testament, the family of God was basically a blood lineage. But in the New Testament, in spiritual Israel, because we the Gentiles are grafted in, it really becomes anybody who accepts Christ enters the family of God. And that was started through Abraham. And so as members of his family, those of us who have, who have accepted Christ as Savior and Lord, and those of us who live in a covenant relationship with him, and we're going to get to covenants in the next video, we have the promise that we will reign with him in eternity. Hence, this means that in eternity, we will be made part of his divine counsel. Now, I get part of that, and it's, it's not here on the slide, but I get part of that from the notion that today we're a little lower than the angels. But in, in eternity, we will be judging the angels. In other words, we'll be above them. God will, God will transform us to be above them. And we are already told that we're going to reign with Christ. And so it makes sense that we would be made part of his divine counsel in eternity. So two lessons, the one from the uh, previous episode, in eternity we will reign with Christ on earth. The core lesson out of all this today is, in eternity we will reign as part of God's divine counsel. So just remember, as a business owner, when you are starting a business, running a business, growing a business, making a decision, depending on God for wisdom, depending on God for direction. All of that is preparatory work towards reigning with Christ in eternity and being a part of his divine counsel. I'm Bill English, the publisher of Bible and Business. I want to thank you for being with me today. And uh, next week, we are going to talk about covenants and the covenant relationship with Christ. This is an important episode. You don't want to miss it. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me, and uh, I hope you go out and make it a great day. Take care.